PC124. This is my friend Dominic Milton Trot, author of the Drug Users Bible, my psychedelic adventurer who has done more drugs and written awesome um, stories and safety precautions about them and how to do them. He's been on here several times. I've had a bit of a mix up the last couple times, entirely on my end, for which I apologize. But back in the saddle, hopefully back on our regularly scheduled every other week podcast because I love having him on. But so let's go back to what you're saying. Apparently, we have an EDT time zone. United States does? Yeah, you do. According to Google, because Eastern Standard Time is is 1.30, but I get a message when I search on Eastern Standard Time from Google. So most, most of the zone is on EDT. EDT. Well, you know what? That's news to me, so don't worry. Okay. Man, I have, I have no idea what's going on. I, yeah, I, yeah, I... I don't still don't have any of this shit figured out. I still don't know what I'm doing, Dominic. I'm just making this thing up as I go. I have no idea what this podcast is, where it's going. It's a lot like a psychedelic trip, actually. I'm just kind of, I'm just sitting back, and it's kind of just taking different turns. And it's, I can fight it, or I can just sit back and be like, all right, let's see where this thing goes next. So That's it's, the wave. Yeah, it, indeed. It, it, I, I it's, think it's daylight saving time. Does that mean anything to you? Daylight savings time. Yeah. Do you guys not have daylight saving time? Is that an American yeah, that's thing? What it says here, it's telling you all about America. Only America. I, that's that's news okay. to me, man. Well, yeah, twice a year we switch our clocks by an hour, going forward and back. Yeah, I think it used to be beneficial when like ninety nine percent of people were farmers, you know, three hundred years ago, but we just kind of never dropped it, I guess. So it's twenty twenty, okay. but we still. Dude, all it does is fuck everyone up. There's nothing good yeah, we, about it. We, we have the same sort of thing, but I just, I threw, I, while I just thought they died. Yeah, it's no, it, mistake, and it, it was an hour early. It, no, it's fucking, it's stupid as shit, man. It's stupid as yeah. shit. But, um, so the last time we talked, you were getting ready to go on another, um, data gathering adventure, and. Mm-hmm. You said, I remember you were like, well, there's a tiny chance that coronavirus might inhibit that. And I was like, yeah, you're probably fine. And now looking back at that, I feel so stupid for thinking that coronavirus wasn't going to take over the whole world. So now here we are, June 20, what is it, 4th, 5th, June 25th, 2020. And coronavirus is still just bitch slapping the planet. And uh, (laughs) Well, it was a trip to San Francisco. Yeah. take some photographs of the uh, epicenter of the uh-huh. cultural revolution in the 60s uh-huh. and the impact of drugs. Hi, Dashbury. And, uh, so I was looking forward to that. But um, Trump came along and banned the UK from entering, and, and, and uh, we're still banned. So when, when and if that's going to materialise, I'm not quite sure at the moment. Do you think, uh, how do you think the world would change if we got Trump to take some psilocybin? Or some ayahuasca, or the president in general. It doesn't. I mean, it, 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 I think it's a, a tricky one that because there are some absolute jerks who do take psychedelics, so it doesn't necessarily change. Yeah. Persona, and in, in his case, because he's so infantile, <laughs> um, then I'm not convinced it would. I mean, you know, it creates ego death, but not always. Yeah. You know, his ego would it actually would it survive? Have the same effect. I mean, it, it's always tricky because I'm 
I'm constantly surprised because I expect people to take psychedelics, or I did expect people to take psychedelics to be relatively enlightened, have a wide perspective, um, and be entirely reasonable about pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when I meet people who, who take psychedelics who don't, don't fit any of that, it's, um, it's a disappointment, but it's, it's, it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I sort of have a sort of feeling because of Trump, what, he, what Trump is, completely self-centric, uh, juvenile mentality, <laughs> uh, complete lack of empathy with with the human race, um, then I sort of do have doubts that even the strongest psychedelic would, would, would radically change him. Um, could be wrong, but uh, I, I'm, I think we're pretty unlikely to actually find out. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, I think he'd probably be one of the exceptions. I've often Just thought about yeah. I've often thought about that. Is his ego too big? Is he resistant to any psychedelic? And I've heard a lot of people argue the point that you're arguing. It couldn't mm-hmm. possibly change him. But mm-hmm. then I look at it as like, man. Like, that's a bold thing for us humans to say. Because what I found is the few times I've done psychedelics is after the first couple times, I thought I had a hold on it. And I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Psychedelics freak some people out, but not me. I can take them. And then there were a couple times where I was completely humbled. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, there's another side to it. I mean, if it did affect him, you know, could he actually face or live with what he's done? Yeah. So what what I think is, what I th- I think it's now I don't know whether or not it would change him, but I think the idea that there isn't a psychedelic strong enough to affect him, I think that is, I think that's bold for us humans to say. It's a bold thing to say. I mean, but, but yeah. I mean, he is the classic. You know, yeah. You know, I've never known anybody who's so lacks empathy and yeah. or is, is as infantile yeah. or is as everything about him is is sort of horrific as a personality really um so i've never i've never really known anybody like that yeah <laughs> it's hard to see yeah you know, how do you get out of that and, yeah and if it did affect him would he be able to cope with what what he saw in himself yeah no, yeah when active and he saw what he'd done and yeah who he'd been yeah you know could he actually cope with that because you know it's you know it's, it's pretty horrific it's yeah. sort of corruption yeah it? yeah <laughs> it, it now whether or not he could yeah cope with it or internalize that and work on himself from it i don't know that that is yeah, that is no, well, that is yeah that is specific to every individual but whether or not whether or not a psychedelic could could have an effect, I don't think there's a human in history that a decent dose of DMT or ayahuasca. Could, it's like what Terrence McKenna said. Yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah, talking yeah. about ayahuasca. No, he's talking about DMT, and he's like, you know, it'll it's like it'll strip your ego down within ten seconds. You're in a world of imagination, and you hear everyone in the audience laugh. Yeah. And then he stops and he goes, "Remember how you laughed." He goes, there will come a moment when DMT wipes that smile right off your face. And that's that's how I, I've never done DMT, so I can't I don't know. But I imagine mm-hmm. I imagine even Hitler or Genghis Khan, any serial killer, I think a big enough dose of like five MEO, some uh, Buvo Alvarius toad. I think a big enough dose. It's like a nuclear weapon. 
you can build a bigger bunker, but there's ultimate, there's somewhere, there's a nuclear weapon that can take it out. <laughs> That's how I think. It doesn't matter who it is. Can they work with that? I don't know who, how good they, but do you think that would change the world though? If that was something that like world leaders had to do, that was like an inaugural um, yeah, rite it, of passage. It, it definitely would because I mean, people who are politicians tend to have to much much lesser degree than than Trump. Yeah, you know, similar traits. Not maybe not the infantile, maybe not the sure sure lack of empathy, but but sort of lower levels of of Trumpism in yeah. terms of ego and, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, and 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 as you as you well know, people uh, who who do. Uh, use high doses of psychedelics, especially the first time, uh, to have transformational experiences. Yeah, and uh, and they're usually for the better. Mm. world leaders have to take them, and we've got a hell of a lot of bad world leaders in place at the moment. Yeah, um, if uh, if they all had to take them, that definitely have a, a beneficial effect. Yeah. And, and they're enablers. I mean, in the US, it's, it's not just Trump. Yeah. The sort of, well, you know, I think Republican Party enablers know yeah. exactly what he's doing and what he is. Yeah. And they're happy to go along with it. And, yeah. and they've obviously got serious uh, psychopathic problems, if you like, sure. themselves to, to actually support that. Uh, so if you could actually mass dose these people um, with or without their their, uh, their, their consent, knowledge. yeah, that's where um, it gets tricky, yeah. Because I think part of the psychedelic transformation, I think part of it comes from you choose to do it. I'm choosing to take this drug. I think if you were dosed, I don't know if it would have the same effect, you know. Because I think it's, I think a huge part of it is you. I think it can. I mean, sure. I mentioned Salve Divinorum as, as a sort of transformative drug, and that's not really a psychedelic. It's more of a delirious hallucinogen. I'm still never going to do it. Yeah, oh, and it was awful. And at the time, I thought, you know, this was just a nightmare. I just didn't think there was any positive out, yeah. outcome from, from the experience. But it's only after a, a lengthy period of time that I actually realised that the very fact that I've been somewhere else and come back had had some sort of long-term effect mm -hmm. uh, on my personality. So I think, yeah, if, if they if they were force-fed it or if they were they were surreptitiously dosed, yeah, uh, I think it would have an effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it would have a beneficial effect. It, yeah, it, it would. Uh, I've thought about that a lot. I've minus wave to the NSA or FBI, whoever's listening in, talking about mass dosing people, but. I've often thought about Just that. Republicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I think everyone. I think everyone's got to take yeah, it. I'm only joking. Yeah, and I know, I know, I know. That's why I love you, Dominic. I think everyone's <laughs> got to take it because, not to quote Harry Potter, but there is a. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher it, but isn't there a quote from there that's like, those? It's like those who want power shouldn't have it, or anyone who wants power is not fit to have it. So I think anyone, I think any governor, Republican, Democrat communist libertarian i think anyone who you know i think anyone who seeks out that position of and obviously there are exceptions there are wonderful people in the world who have gone out because they want well, to be they, it's, it's, it's why do you want the power i mean yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean like a gandhi figure he yeah he went out and got a lot of followers and it was for it was good but anyone that wants that throne that senator seat that congress seat that parliament seat anyone who wants it 
there is a little like hesitance I have. It's like why why can't you get your point across just talking? Why do you need why do you need this? Well, throw? because you get the, you get the platform that goes sure. with the position. Sure. Um, I mean, I'd the only reason I'd want to a sort of position of power would be to exercise the power positively. Sure. Not, sure. not for me, but for, for the benefit of of, uh, of society, of, for, for people generally. Yeah. Uh, so I think there are people like that. I don't think there are any Republicans like that, but I think there are there are people like that. Yeah, uh, across the political spectrum, apart from the sort of enabling wing yeah. of the Republican Party, yeah, um, who who do want to exercise power for the benefit of of others, yeah. and they realise that the structures uh, implies the framework requires the individual to take positions of power to exercise the power for yeah. everybody else. So there is there is that, but you're right in that. You know, it's it's quite evident that you know a substantial proportion of of uh, people in powerful positions are, are at least in part there for their own benefit yeah. and for their own ego. There is some ego in there. It's yes, and and that's that's the problem. I mean, we see we're seeing mass. You know, we're seeing sort of extreme edge of that with Trump and Johnson. And, sure. And, the sure. guy in Brazil and so on, you know, at the moment. But, you know, it's, it's degrees, isn't it? You're mm. going to have a lot of uh, people with powerful positions who are going to have a degree of that. And some are going to have a low degree, mm. a small amount. Some are going to have a lot. Yeah. You know, a few leaders in position who have an extremely large amount yeah. uh, of that. Um, so it depends on, on the individual. Yeah. Uh, but uh, generally, the question is, is that with respect to psychedelics? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it definitely would have a beneficial effect if, if anyone in any senior position of power yeah. uh, had to have a psychedelic experience. Yeah. It could only be positive, in my opinion. Yeah. There seems to be almost like a catch-22, though. It's like there are a lot of good people that want to go out there and enact change, and the way society is set up is we have these positions of power that you can be voted in for, you can run for, and you can enact your change. But it's like to get to that position often requires a certain cutthroat nature that that's, I think that I think peaceful people the don't. More, yeah. The more oppressing question, I think, it's, in that psychopaths know, the, the tend to rise. Hierarchy yeah. is like, like corporate hierarchy. Uh, yeah, it's, you tend and, to and rise. It actually creates a situation where you have to be self, self-centered. Yeah, it's, ruthless, you know, it's... All those attributes or not, non-attributes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Required yeah. to climb a ladder. Yeah. And at the expense of other people. You know, which, you know, conversely, if you're there to serve other people and help other people, it's a maybe weird... you're not really inclined to squash other people on your way to the top of the ladder. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that may, that will... Of an influence in the sort of people that you get at the top of the ladder, uh, yeah. and tend to tend them towards being egotistic, ruthless, conniving, yeah. self-centric, yeah. egomaniacs in some cases. Yeah, it's it's like the it's like the strongest, most evolutionarily fit and fit in. in I don't mean just that physically. I mean the actual genetic term for fitness, and it's the highest prob the highest percentage of the highest. Per- highest percentage of an animal or an organism's offspring 
that survive to an age in which they can produce offspring. So basically, it's the number of grandkids you have that determines that is the genetic definition of fitness. I may be rusty. Yeah. That being said, the most fit shark or the most fit bird or the most fit dog that doesn't necessarily mean it's the cutest or fluffiest. It often means mm-hmm. it's got the biggest teeth, the biggest claws. It draws yeah. the most blood. It's an odd. But I, so I've thought about that a lot over the years is how do we how do we enact change in a system that selects for uh, psychopathic tendencies and backstabbing tendencies? And I've, I've come to the conclusion in my limited knowledge and experience that you would have to do a global, and I'm probably going to lose half the people listening now, you would have to do a global psychedelic spike. You'd have to hit, and I've thought about this. I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy, and I am. But no, I've, no, no, no. You got to do, yeah, you got to do, hear me out. You have to give everyone psychedelics, and it has to be at the same time. So I've thought about this because if you gave it to, let's say you gave it to everyone in America and everyone in the Pentagon, right? And let's just say Trump, every general, every ruthless, whatever. Let's say everyone became peace and love overnight, right? Great. Mm -hmm. But what if you didn't give it to everyone in Russia? Well, now you have this country that's become peace loving overnight and we put down our guns (laughs) and that, but, but now another, another alpha society comes in and now they just crush us and we didn't get anywhere. So you got to do it at the same time. It's like a military operation. You'd have to drug the entire world at the same time so everyone had that revelation simultaneously. And you may be thinking, that's the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard. But if that is what I think could cause world peace, what is the alternative? Right now, the alternative is what causes world peace? Nuclear missiles pointed at every country at all times. Mutually assured destruction. So I don't think giving everyone acid at the same time is... Any less crazy than pointing nuclear weapons. End it's, of rant. It's not, I, mean, <laughs> I agree, actually, to agree broadly with what you're saying. There. Um, I don't necessarily think you need to give it them at the same time, though. Okay. Because it, simply because, let's say you gave it to pick a country, I don't know. Say it's yours, USA. So sure. you give um, the Senate and the House and the the White House and the rest of them, uh, strong psychedelic experiences, and it was transformational for most of them. Just because you transform doesn't make you a servile, weak uh, doormat for other other parties. Okay. Uh, just as you you go out, you're not sort of meek and mellow with everyone you meet. You're still fun- capable of functioning in this mm. society as it as it is. No, it's not a very friendly society in some respect, but you can you can capable, even though you might be enlightened and you've had psychedelics okay. and you're generally benign, you're still capable of managing a hostile environment. Okay. So I think if you did uh, sort of dose psychedelics on all the powerful people of the United States, it wouldn't necessarily be... Uh, it, it, it wouldn't necessarily weaken the United States in a, in a confrontational sense okay. with, with Russia or China, um, because you, you know rational decisions can still be made, mm. made when you're enlightened. That's I I never thought about that, and I, you're completely correct. Again, Terence McKenna didn't he once say he was like 
you know, he's like, be enlightened, meditate, you know, smoke pot. But he was like, pack heat if you gotta. He's like, you know, have a shotgun if you have to. You know, he's like, the yeah. world is still dangerous. And it's, I didn't think about that. That is, yeah, you can still be, you're right. It's you, you, It's more so that now you have the option. You are now open to, I guess, more I peaceful also, approaches. You've got all the other benefits of having, having had the psychedelics, like you've seen this reality from outside, from a different perspective. You know, you, you, you would be better positioned in some way with, for dealing with, with a sort of Russia or China or a potential adversary. Sure. Because you'd be able to look at it from a sort of more macro perspective than if it's a sort of, you know, these guys are limited in terms of how the brains function, yeah. that's what, yeah. you know, frankly, yeah. that it's it's all linear and there are there are enemies, da, 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 and, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of out-of-the-box thinking in terms of, of, of the sort of dynamics between, there doesn't seem to be anyway. Um, and then, you know, if, you, if, if once you've had a psychedelic, uh, for most people at least, I believe, uh, they would be capable of managing that relationship from a, a different perspective as well. Hmm. So perhaps they'd be able to manage Russia or their adversaries more, you know, Better. cleverly, if you like, yeah. um, and, uh, and, and make a better job of it. That's That's a very good point. Yeah, it's... One thing I've thought of a lot is, so obviously there are, well, not obvious to most people, but there are a lot of psychedelics being used in the very early stages of of therapy, uh, namely for soldiers with PTSD, people who survive childhood trauma, rape, sexual abuse, physical abuse. Um, Let's say that it, it gets into, let's say it gets passed and Big Pharma gets their greedy little fingers in it and they sell it for $1,000 a pill, whatever. Well, just like you can go on to really any, I mean, I went to going to a huge college. It You can go out on any day to any, really anywhere. And if you wanted to and you had money, you could get, you could get Adderall. You could get painkillers. You could get Xanax. If you wanted to, you can find it, even though you don't have a prescription. If you have money, someone's willing to sell. Do you think that if psychedelics could become legal, as therapeutic drugs, so just like you could have, you know, you go to the pharmacy store, the drugstore, you pick up your Zoloft or whatever. What if these start becoming prescribed drugs? And then, just like Xanax or Oxycontin, people can go out on the street and you buy it from someone. But now, what if more people are now experimenting with psychedelics? Do you think that that would start to flood society and have a, a ground level change? Or on that same train of thought what happens if you maybe you don't need to get everyone what happens if one or two billionaires with a lot of influence in elon musk a bill gates what happens if they're at some party on some yacht with a bunch of other billionaires and instead of doing the normal whatever coke laker they decide to drop some lsd what happens when one of them has a life-changing experience does that have a trickle-down effect on everything that they control? Or am I just spewing some hippie bullshit? Well, it has, it, it, you don't need to target it because it's sort of, by definition, if a large number of people take this stuff, you're going to get some powerful people and you're going to get a lot of non-powerful people. Yeah, um, guys like you and me. The first wave of, of uh, psychedelic revolution was in the 60s. It was based in San Francisco where I was. Yeah, 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 Hyde-Ashbury. 
Um, and I don't believe, and this is a unique thought, by the way, but I don't believe that um, they, the, the emergence of Silicon Valley in the same region of the world it's not a coincidence. was connected. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, I mean, it, it had an effect on, on culture and society everywhere it was used. You know, music was obviously a massive effect with the Beatles and, 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 and the change of music, uh, but it had an effect on you know, in California and with, with the emergence that Steve Jobs had yeah. LSD and, yeah. and, and, and you know, so it affects everybody who takes it uh, to some degree or another and and it changes all of attitudes uh, it widens perspective uh, it, it has a hell of a lot of positives and it's whoever you are there's no, it doesn't sort of pick people based upon you know, blood type or anything like that. Yeah. It's so rich, poor, or super wealthy, it doesn't matter. So, I think the large number of people, if it's prescribed or, or just more reg- commonly available, it's going to get some powerful people who are going to be transformed mm. for the better. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it, it generally doesn't have to be targeted to have a social influence. I think that takes care of itself, as yeah. it did in the in the sixties. It just got stopped too quickly. It did. They stomped it out. To, they stomped to, it to, out. They saw it yeah, going. They were like, "Shut this shit down. This is yeah, undermining the it. system. Shut it down." They saw it coming, and and, uh, and they stopped it not because of some benign president or politician deciding this is a risk to uh, risk to our people the population, it was a risk to him it was a risk to the power structure risk to them, yeah, not to yeah. the people shut, uh, so shut it down shut it down, shut it down. created a war uh, on, on people uh, as a result of that which we're still suffering from today it's like, again, what Terrence McKenna said. He was like, the government doesn't want you to take psychedelics, not because they're some loving overseer who is afraid for your, or is worried about your health or that you're going to jump out of a fourth-story window trying to fly. They don't want you taking it because it would dissolve the power structures before you, your eyes and you'll realize society is upside down. That's It's paraphrasing. I don't think I got it right. But he's yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's broad than what he said. Yeah. Uh, and he was right. Uh, that's exactly why it was... Uh, classified and they, they created the war on drugs and it's there's a quote which I've quoted on the previous one of your podcasts from Eric Mann or someone like that uh, saying it was it, the war on drugs was created to target target the hippies and target the blacks that's oh, yeah. Quote. oh 100% yeah, it 100% was that's what he called them and, and that, was, that was political for both reasons and it was the anti-Vietnam yeah. Uh, demonstrations and it was the racism of the Republicans again. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, sorry if this is political, but hey, it's, hey, no, it's, it's not to me. No, it's, 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 it's part of, it's part of life. It's, it's, yeah. So, so yeah, it was intentionally uh, started for political reasons, not for health and safety reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. I just, uh, let me pause this. I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'll, I'll be right back. No problem. I'll, I'll talk to you people whilst, whilst you've gone to the bathroom. What shall I talk about? Give you an idea. I'll tell you where I am. I'm in England and it's, it's one of those rare days in England where, it's, where it's, it's not raining and it's really warm. Really warm for me is 
30 degrees, 29 degrees. It's really hot. I can't call it with it anymore. That's why my face is probably red and I'm sweating and, and it's really hard. Uh, so it's one of those rare days and I've been sitting here waiting for this to start thinking I'm roasting in another here and I don't know if I can survive very long. Uh, but um, I'll try and keep going. So that's just a ramble. Um, what should I talk to you about? Um, what I'll suggest when he comes back is, is because we've just been talking about politics is I did an article extract from the book on the media. And I'm going to repeat this probably in a minute, so I'll do a slight summary of it now. Because I think the media is a, is, is a, you know, one of the major weapons of the war on drugs of those who were fighting us, the people, with the war on drugs. And not enough, ten- not enough attention, in my opinion, is paid to the role of the media um, as a sort of military force, if you like, um, in fighting this war against, against people like me who choose what to do with my own consciousness. Uh, so I, I, the later editions of the Drug Users Bible, the book, I had a, in the early editions, I had this segment in the back of whining about, I mean, it was really whining about the media and how terrible this is and, and it's all propaganda, which we all know. For later editions, I actually changed that segment to um, bounced it on its head because you know, nobody wants to hear me whining. Um, I'll, I'll create a code of ethics for honest group reporting. Yeah. You know, and I think by actually explaining to, you know, to, to, to a journalist and a sort of uh, hypothetical journalist, you know, this is how you should report. That in itself is explaining simultaneously how it's not reported now and what the problems are. Yeah. So I created this this code of ethics of 10, 10 points, which I felt, you know, if you're an honest journalist and a decent guy, why aren't you doing this already? And if, if you're not doing it, look at yourself. And I'm afraid saying, well, if the boss says so, you know, that didn't really work for, in the Nuremberg trials. Uh, <laughs> following German, following you know, orders, you, yeah. At some point, you journalists have got to take responsibility for what you're writing. So I had this in mind, so I thought, well, I had an opportunity to to change the book when it was reprinted. So I just swapped that old whining, isn't it terrible, into a more proactive yeah you know so i thought i could go through those 10 oh sure sort of aligns with with the sort of political um discussion we've just had let's do it let's jump yeah because you're right nobody likes nobody likes just whining and that goes for and i'm 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 the most guilty of it because anyone can anyone can sit back and point out what's wrong with the world that doesn't take anything anyone that doesn't make you you know if i'm like you know the banks are too greedy and the capitalists are bad and the republicans are racist and the leftists are cancel culture and global warming and blah blah it's like anyone can point that out that doesn't make me special can you provide a proactive um game plan to fight it and to fix it in a peaceful and effective way well if you can't 
you're right. Then you're just whining, and I'm guilty of that. So yeah, on no, that, everybody likes whining. Yeah, who? Yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't like bitching? Who doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like really have much value? Yeah, who doesn't um, like everything's wrong? This sucks. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like that? I mean, it you feel like I mean, the rest of the book is is proactive in exchanging yeah. information on how yeah, yeah, to yeah, die yeah. really. Um, and it was just this section that, and, and, and sort of under welfare of. You know, it's not just health and safety, it's just those sections of welfare and yeah. how to pass a drug test and so on. Part of it was don't get arrested, and if you do get arrested, da, 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 da. And, and I ate the media bit, and it's the only bit in the book that I felt, you know, that's not really adding anything. It's just telling people that, that the media suck. Yeah. And that they're, they're not your friends. Yeah. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious that the general and the mainstream media aren't friends anyway, so I thought I'd change it around. And I came up with these 10. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go through them. Sure, one, let's one do it. Through ten, and because I think, I think each code, you know, the counter is what I was whining about in the original copies of the book. And the first one is uh, it's a code of ethics for honest drug reporting. This one is the cause of tragedy and death is the erroneous use of drugs within the context of punitive drug policy, not the drugs themselves. It usually stems from a lack of safety awareness and knowledge with respect to the specific drug or drugs in question. Reports should therefore be framed in this context. So it's, it's basically saying, look, it's not the drugs that are bad. It's not drugs that are not killing people. It's how they're using the drugs. Yeah. So I say, right, we're going to ban bread knives because some guys have been killing themselves with bread knives. Well, no, it's not. It's not the bread knife. We need that for cutting bread. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not this. It's, it's and and people throw themselves off the buildings so we can't have tall buildings. You know. Yeah. It's, it, you know, there's some other problem there. Yeah. In, in the case of drugs, you know, it's you know, you know, you could have an aspirin, you could have it because people kill themselves with with aspirins. It's not the substance. Is that people are, are using it in the wrong way? They they don't know what they're doing. Uh, they're making all the mistakes that we cover in the rest of the book, and it's uh, that's exacerbated by the media. Drugs did this, and drugs did that, and drugs are bad, and drugs. Well, you know, the use of drugs. The words I used is uh, is the erroneous use of drugs within the context of a punitive drug policy, not the drugs themselves. So, if you're a journalist. You know, have that in mind. You know, that's the context. Don't take the easy routes and say, this guy died of drugs, bloody drugs again, aren't drugs terrible? No, no. There was another reason why he died. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't the fact that this drug exists. It's there. It is what it is. Yeah. That was number one. Number two was always include the intrinsic and central details in reports. Because reports, you, you know, 90% of reports of drug tragedy, they're the same. They say the same things. Just yeah. to change the names and swap a few things around. Yeah. So for example, don't routinely use the generic word drugs to discuss substances which are absolutely diverse in nature, effect and potential harm. This wide-scale practice is a de facto inhibitor of accuracy, education and understanding. So when you've got a, as a journalist, when you've got a situation to report and if it's a tragedy, then take the trouble to actually report what, what has happened. You know, you're a reporter, you're a journalist, so do journalism. This guy had MDMA and it looks like he had too great a dose of MDMA. MDMA is an empathogen, but it has da, da, da. So, you know, do journalism, you know, explain 
um, don't use generic terms for all drugs. You did drugs. Completely different, you know. The array of drugs can plus psychedelic is absolutely nothing like heroin. Yeah. And couldn't be more, you know, different, yeah. really. And, yeah. And, and a stimulant is totally different. To, you know, so, you know, so please be granular. You know, be actually report the intrinsic details of the news yeah. and not the sort of lazy arsed, you know, drugs are bad. Yeah. These drugs did this and he died, you know. Yeah. Give a report, do your job. Yeah. It's like saying someone died from sickness. It's like, well, yeah, what? Exactly well, what? Was it a heart attack? Was it oh, a cancer? Was it infection? What did he die of sickness? Yeah. In, was he uh, malnourished? Was he in a prison camp? Was he just 95 and just got old? Yeah. Like, what is it? It's, well, what was, what was it? It, it was it's sickness. Get away with it with drug reports. It was sickness. Problem. It's the war on <laughs> sickness. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Well, what happened? <laughs> yeah. He died in so, a car crash. Was he drunk? Did he get hit by someone else? Was he blind? Or was there a malfunction in the car? Yeah, it's exactly. They wouldn't think of reporting like this for most other scenarios, but they do for drugs. He died from drugs, and I think it's a partly laziness that they can't be bothered actually sure. doing the job properly and sure. learning that. Oh well, it was this drug. I don't know anything about that drug. Well, learn your job. You know, drugs are a major, yeah. major. Uh, major part of society and, yeah. and you're reporting on society so do some journalism number three this is quite a lengthy one but it's an important one because this is happens every day um cultural bias tends to suppress awareness of relative harms which in western society severely exacerbates alcohol related problems and misrepresents far more benign options and see what's coming here. Efforts should be made to reduce and eliminate this tendency. Specifically, alcohol is a hard addictive drug and should be cited and reported as such, reported as such where, when appropriate. Do not hesitate to cast this drug, alcohol, in the comparative context of other drugs when reporting it and vice versa. Within this, review the use of stilted terminology. For instance, why do alcohol users drink their drug whilst users of other drugs abuse theirs? Why do alcohol use sources sell their product whilst sources of other drugs push their product? Mm. So we have this bizarre landscape of, of, of sort of self-censorship, really, yeah. where there's alcohols running rampant, causing addiction, killing people. Um, some of the drugs are to a lesser extent, to a lesser extent, I mean, that's a true statement, and some of the drugs are not having any sort of detrimental effects or hardly any detrimental yeah. effects at all. So you've got this landscape of different different, different effects. Yeah. Now, how many reports do you see of alcoholism and alcohol-related this and alcohol-related that or, or, or even heroin and that actually relates these issues to other drugs that exist and how many reports actually ever cite alcohol as a drug yeah yeah you know, but this is this is real this is factual you are a reporter guy you know you you report truth to the public that's your job yet you're not doing that because you you're omitting all this vital contextual information which makes your report propagandistic always because you know, something happening with with um, if something terrible happened with with heroin, they'd be all over how terrible it was. 
uh, how it's addictive, how many people are dying because of it. We've got this huge problem, da da. All over, it'd be all over you. They'd, they'd be slapping you in the face with this stuff. If you don't with alcohol, they're not. Hardly at all. It's, it's funny when somebody's totally intoxicated. Yeah, it's always when they're so you fucked know. up, they're vomiting and they're, yeah. Yeah, yo, friends, He's hammered, yeah, drink, yeah. spring you know, break. Talk. And then he went and bought the car and whatever. And then, and then you've got other drugs which are, which are, you know, absolutely benign in comparison. Yeah, you know, it's a, they're reporting it in a manner which is totally unrepresentative of, of the reality. Yeah. And then the relative harms and the, and the relativity of these drugs in terms of what they're doing to society. Yeah. You know, just stop doing that. Stop saying, stop saying drug pusher if you're not going to say alcohol pusher. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, it's stop demonising a benign substance when you're treating alcohol in your reports as though it's it's jolly everyone does this jolly good no problem here nothing to see here folks you know just report without cultural bias because this is what you do I mean they're not necessarily doing this on purpose because they're they're the recipients of propaganda as as we are but yeah. you know they've got to recognise they're doing this. They're actually implementing and supporting and 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 and, and uh, continuing the cultural bias that we've had for a long, long time, and it's it's part of the problem. It's part of the problem. It's part of the reason so many people are dying of alcoholism and other 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 uh, overdose uh, issues with other drugs because of this sort of lack of lack of sort of self-reflection in journals to understand when they're reporting alcohol and, and drugs that they actually should report it without the cultural bias that is ingrained in themselves yeah that, that's that's number three okay number four I've read, I've read this myself for, for ages so. in the context of drug use the mantra ignorance kills education saves lives lives is a statement of fact. Journalists can help to educate by reporting harm reduction and safety information whenever an opportunity is presented. Routinely quote harm reduction charities such as Release and Dance Safe and directly recycle the personal safety data provided by sources such as Troopset and the Drug Users Bible. So you know when you've got you reporting on suicide um, and certainly in this country, it's, it's normal for a little tagline at the bottom, you know, if you are having suicidal thoughts, Call contact the Samaritans yeah. or, you know. Um, and when when the AIDS was, was, was you know, in, in full whack in the, at the start of the century, whenever it was, you know, you'd have little taglines to, to, to sort of advise people. Almost, almost uh, public service announcements sure. at the end of reports. Why aren't you doing that with drugs? I mean, you do have in America. You'll have those commercials, but it's always at like three in the morning, and we it's like we don't want that. We want yeah. we want when you're reporting for yeah. you know a mainline media, whatever it is, the newspaper or uh, or on television, you know, treat it as you would treat suicide. Yeah, because people are dying here. Yeah, and have the tagline. You know, where to go for help if you've got a, a drug issue, or you, you, you're going to be using drugs and you don't know what you're doing, yeah. or you're addicted. You know, get those taglines in there as routine. You, you, you know, they're doing it for other social issues, but you know, I don't see it for drugs. Yeah. You know, so that, that's number four. You know, just just do it. Number five is 
There's only eight of them, actually, not ten. So it is one top survivable. The police frequently inflate the market value of their drug holes for self-interest, and defendant solicitors will commonly consider it trite or provocative to challenge this in court. This misinformation perverts the course of justice and serves to reinforce the destructive narratives of the war on drugs. When reporting, qualify police claims or independently research the actual volume. Time and time again, I've seen this. You just take the, the word of the police, you know, when they've when they've seized plant, uh, uh, some drugs, even if it's just cannabis, five plants with a market value of ten billion pounds, ten billion dollars, dollars, you know, and they they make every every seizure into you know a massive big deal. And, and I'm looking at it sometimes thinking. Hang on a minute, this is a guy growing a couple of pot plants at home. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. make him sound like Al Capone. Yeah. Because the police have inflated the amount, the, the, they do it by marking, they don't say, oh, two plants. Yeah, 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 <laughs> two, yeah. Two plants in his back garden or any, you know. Yeah. They don't say, oh, just a, a little baggie of, of um, <laughs> you know, they'll, 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 they'll somehow convert that to, to a, a sort of market value and then multiply it by 10, yeah. something like that. So you, you, you look at the market value, I think, that, that absolutely burst. You know, why aren't you telling us what it is and how much is there? You're not telling us what, what the seizure was, unless it's a sort of major imputation. Yeah. You know, the day-to-day -day arrest that's stuff all over the papers. You're not telling us what the weight of it is, the purity, or uh, or even sometimes what it really is. Yeah. Uh, you're just giving us a market value to make this guy seem like he's a major major league player. Yeah. And quite clearly he isn't. He's yeah. just a guy who uses... Just some dude. Yeah, he's just some dude <laughs> selling oh, pot. Please, if, you're, if you're a journalist, do journalism. <laughs> yeah. Qualify, and you know. Don't just take the police figure and then reproduce it. That's not doing journalism. Yeah. And it, That's acting as a spokesman for a party whose interest is stilted yeah. in favour of perpetuating and exaggerating the situation. Yeah. You know, so stop doing that and start doing some some meat, some journalism. Yeah. In in other words, you investigate, you ask the police how much is there, what is it, what, is it is it pure, blah blah blah. And then you go and do your own market research, go head over to the dark dark net. And, and see what the actual market value of this to be. It's five minutes yeah. to actually that, produce accurately rather than taking the ridiculous figures that quite often the, the law enforcement agencies will, will give out for their own, what they see as their own benefit. Yeah. And that's perverting the course of justice because it's just, you know, the guy's going to get mocked up and, and you know, it's just outrageous half the time. So, yeah, yeah number five. Well, yeah, you know, I was... I was gonna again, do some journalism and don't just quote recall the police. I was gonna say, yeah, and it and it certainly doesn't help your cause if you're, you know, you're taking a picture of a couple bricks of pot and you're like ten million dollar street value. <laughs> well, guess what, man? Now every motherfucker who makes forty grand a year working eighty hours a week, they're going, how much is that worth? <laughs> like, shit, that's ten million. Fuck it, I'm gonna start yeah, well, growing. They're, they're very shifty now. They do this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if I see, if, yeah, if I see someone with a, if I see someone with a baggie and they're like, this is ten million dollars street value. Well, why the hell am I doing my job if that's ten million dollars? <laughs> you know, it's you're not making this look bad. You're making there's a lot of people who can't make ends meet, and they're like, how much is that worth? 
I can sell that? They're <laughs> to a gallery, and that gallery yeah. are yeah, the yeah, people yeah. who actually use the drugs. They're yeah. the people who will believe any shit that comes out yeah. of the mouth. Yeah, it's marijuana. Yeah. It's killing our nation. Oh, yeah, God. That's, that's, that's yeah, the problem. And, and, and they want to believe that, oh, they got a guy, he had, he had uh, you know, and, 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 and they haven't got a clue this is going on half the time, yeah. most of them. They actually yeah. think that, you know, oh, it must be a big deal. It's worth $50,000, this guy. And, yeah. You know, scratch the surface, it's probably worth a thousand meanwhile mm -hmm. for him and his mates and, and uh, you know but they don't know because the media aren't doing the job properly yeah and meanwhile meanwhile you're busting these and we're like we caught this car with a million dollars of weed in it meanwhile on any given moment there's a hundred thousand tractor trailers on the highways full of alcohol <laughs> and it's just like oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, I'm not asking for the world. I'm just yeah. asking these guys to, the journalists to do the job and stop and, and stop being lazy and stop perpetuating what's going on around us well, I think uh, by uh, repeating and not not thinking and not reporting the truth and the and being accurate. Oh, as, as, Number what? six is a, is a, is, a, is a strange a strange one really. I've got substances like deterrent detour and not megadeliriums and dysphoric and highly toxic don't use words like trip to describe their effects and don't refer to them as psychedelics this is a good example of misleading terminology inciting potentially fatal consequences the reason i put that in as a separate one i mean it almost fits under the you know if you're reporting on drugs yeah find out what the drug was and yeah. report something on the drug yeah uh, and be accurate. It falls under that, really, but I'll take that out because the number of times I've seen delirious and the word trip in a mainstream media report. You put the word trip in a report um, that's seen by, say, half a million people. You, I think you're going to get a thousand of those who want to try it. Yeah. You know, because it's an entire single, you're going to have a, a trip, an exciting experience. You know, you can do that with LSD, and you can do that with DMT, and you can do that with 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 pure uh, psychedelics. Uh, but don't do it with delirians. Don't do it with nutmeg. Don't do it with the two. No, again, do your job. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nutmeg. And, stop, <laughs> and I mean, I, I the reason this sort of hit me was that I had, uh, and I'm not going to name the newspaper because I don't think they really deserve it. Um, I got contacted for an interview with a, with a major newspaper. That's not okay. So I gave an interview and he asked me about bug. And he said, da da da. And I said, what? he said, what's the worst drug? And the worst drug experience I've had is, is nutmeg. So at the end of it, I'm sort of saying that I gave him this brief explanation about so horrific. Yeah. And I said, okay, okay, it's really important that you actually get as much of this own reduction information. Yeah. into the reports possible because you know you've got to leave you know something to people for people to take away that's going to be beneficial and yeah. might actually save some life yeah so i didn't know what it was going to cover i'd gone warbled on and on about the ten commandments of safer drug use and, yeah. and measure your dose and all, all the stuff and the report was uh household spice can trip you or something like that god damn it all page thing and i'm an expert said, didn't mention the, even mention the book. I was a, just an expert. So, and I'm, I think it's like an advert to kids to go oh. and poison themselves. And it's terrible. It's a terrible know, experience, as you described. You know, it wasn't, you know, it's not, it sounds funny, but it's not funny because 
you know, talk about irresponsible. Yeah. You know, here they are, this interview with a guy trying to sort of look, if they just do these 10 things, it's going to have an effect on on the uh, fatality, numbers of fatalities if everybody knew these 10. Uh, not, not at all interested in any of that nonsense, just wanted to do this sensational story on, look, you can go into your cupboard at home and, and get high on spot on nutmeg. Yeah. And one of these spices in your spice trap. Yeah. Couldn't believe that. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was number number six, you know. Again, it's back down to being a journalist and being accurate yeah. and, and, and researching the subject matter. Number seven, now this is a, a, a seven of eight. This is a sort of wide-ranging one, really. Report actual and factual impact data with respect to the war on drugs. And this is about the war on drugs. So, for example, with 5% of the world's population, the United States now holds 25% of the world's prison population whilst the number of over, overdose deaths has soared. So you've got this war on drugs is good narrative going on, yet you've got 5%, of, 5% yeah. of the world's population and 25% of the world's prison population, yeah. and you're dropping like flies over there uh, because of overdose deaths. So that's working, isn't it? No. So, so I say, at the very least, don't repeat the war on drugs precept as though it isn't challenged. I'm not going to tell the truth about this. You're not going to tell the public and your readers that the war on drugs is an abject failure, yeah. a total disaster. If you're not going to actually be, be honest enough and brave enough to do that, at least don't repeat repeat their arguments as though it isn't, they're not challenged. So mm. Within this, don't pursue a relative a narrative which demonises people who sell drugs. Mm. Bear in mind that 250 million people use drugs and most sellers are ordinary citizens who started buying drugs for friends as well as for themselves. Right, so you've seen the pictures in every drug report of whether someone's charged. They have this close-up picture of this face who they try to make up Mr. Evil, mm-hmm. you know, say drug seller. And, yeah. and, you know, well, this is bullshit. Yeah. You know, yeah. the vast majority of, of people who sell drugs are just as normal as me and you. I'm not bad examples, maybe. Yeah. But they're just normal guys who've started buying and drugs with a group of friends and because yeah. they happen to have the, the guy or the guy yeah. and they've got maybe that's it or maybe they've got carried away a bit further and that's it they're just yeah. normal people uh, yeah they're always presented as as a, a drug dealer a drug pusher as though they're forcing people to have these toxic yeah. poisonous you know and it's just complete bullshit yeah. uh, and they're demonised and misrepresented uh, and I basically said look stop stop doing that you know go, go do your research and find out who drug sellers are yeah instead of again following this this lazy narrative that drugs are bad and anyone dealing with them is mr evil because that is simply not true uh your war on drugs is a disaster and these guys are, are victims just as the the people who were overdosing or becoming addicted are victims yeah um, because they've been arrested under draconian laws yeah they're misrepresented by you in the media. They're locked away and having huge portions of their lives taken off them. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if I mean, if the person dealing the drugs is a criminal, I mean, if this is someone who is just a shitty person, you know, has robbed, has murdered, that's then, a then paint him. Yeah, yeah, then paint him as that. Be like, hey, this asshole. But I mean, yeah. if it's just. If it's just Bob down the street who likes to wear Hawaiian well, shirts and sells pot. Drug, drug offenders, should, they should not be in No, person. yeah. You, you know? shouldn't, yeah. It's, 
it's just it's just ridiculous and and it's if they get away with it because the media are part and parcel of the problem yeah. they're like a sort of unit of the army fighting the people if you like yeah. because journalists haven't got the balls or 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 decency or talent yeah. to do the job properly and actually report the truth yeah so you know the big picture what a failure this is why don't you start reporting the facts for a change if you if you haven't got the, the guts or the courage to do that, then at least don't demonise the people who were victims of it because they just 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 because they've been arrest, arrested for acquiring drugs for them and the mates. Yeah. And then I've got this thing that I did a quote on recently: individually to hold sovereign and exclusive ownership of one's unconscious mind, to explore freely without boundary, is surely the most fundamental of human rights. Third-party intrusion into this whole personal territory is a grievous breach of this inalienable freedom. I've made that statement. That it's entirely reasonable to reflect that perspective in your reports. But I've never seen it. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, you're not going to see it on Fox News or any of that, that sort of right-wing stuff. But I've never, I've never seen it in the New York Times. I've never seen it in the Washington Post. I've never anywhere. seen it on, on CNN. I've never seen it in any mainstream organ that sort of perspective yeah uh, why not why it's, is that if you don't you don't have to believe that yeah but that that that's my core but mckenna says something similar you know so lots of people believe broadly what i've said there yet it's a perspective that is just never ever reported yeah it's no one wants to address the fact that that is your freedom to experiment with your consciousness like hey if if you want to have gay marriage, go for it. If you want to have traditional, go for it. If you want to have an abortion, go for it. If you don't want an abortion, go for it. If you want to smoke pot, go for it. If you don't want to, go for it. But it's all about, it's not just drugs. It's just in general. Like, everyone fuck off. If you're not hurting anyone and you're you're staying on your property and in the privacy of your home, own home, whether it's you want to try heroin or have an orgy or just say a prayer, whatever it is, man, it's like, that is your freedom to do. Like everyone, fuck off. If you start hurting people, breaking laws, being an asshole, well, then there's a problem. But just That's in right. general, I mean, it's, but it's, it's you know, in the drug scenario, in drug reporting, it's just never reported like that. Yeah, I've never seen it reported like that. That you know, there's, I'm never quoted. And I've yeah. not seen Terence McKenna's quotes in the mainstream media that align similarly or anyone yeah. else's. So it's another sort of, you know, journalists becoming organs of the war on drugs. Scribe They're not that, reporting yeah. the facts of the war on drugs, what it's doing to the prison population, how many people the United States is locking up, how little effect he's having on. Uh, or it's having it's, it's, it's a root cause the war on drugs of the number of deaths because it's the actual fact you're fighting a war on people who are taking drugs means they're not getting on reduction information. Yeah. So no wonder there's so many overdose deaths. So you know they're not reporting that at all in that manner and they're not providing the facts. Um, they're not even reporting currently that all the, you know how much how many people are challenging this and there's quite a lot being challenged. So yeah, you know a lot of people challenging it. So. If they're going to actually write about the war on drugs, you've got to balance it with, you know, people who oppose the war on drugs, uh, this, this and this. But I hardly ever see that. Um, then they're demonising drug users, which is just ridiculous and it's, it's blatant. And then they completely, you know, censor 
never ever report this this alternative vision, this perspective that it's my mind. It well, doesn't yeah, belong well, to the state. It's 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 my property. Yeah. You know, it's it's my consciousness, not yours. I can do anything I want with my consciousness, and you can't intrude into the state because if I haven't got the freedom to do what I want with my own consciousness, I don't have any freedom. Yeah, you're intruding on the most inalienable freedom I have. I have got, which is the freedom to explore your own mind, mind. your own reality. Yeah, that's right. So uh, you don't see that, and and it's uh, that's number seven is report actual and factual impact data with respect to the one group. And the last one is don't allow politicians of this or their servants, including the police, to set the agenda and define talking points. Yeah. As again, they have a tendency to promote the war on drugs perspective for self-interest. Always be aware that the role of journalism is to report objectively rather than to uh, disseminate propaganda. Uh, and that's just basically what I've just said there in a different form of words that, you know, the, the, they're always, all journal, politicians always want to be seen to be tough on drugs. Yeah. You know, yeah. So they've got this propaganda role in their life. Yeah. Uh, and the media have gone along with it totally for generations. Um, and so they just have to say something about drugs, which is horribly right wing and authoritarian, is authoritarian and, 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 and misinformed. And it will just be repeated, you know. And, yeah. and so it's a good thing. Yeah. Never, never really challenged on, on the basis of the, of the uh, arguments we've just uh, discussed. Uh, and it's, it's a journalist's job to actually explore that ground and to report the, the factual context of what this politician is saying. Yeah. Um, and I argued that yeah, none, none of these are outrageously difficult to embrace. At least the pursuit of truth is the objective. Uh, I would also suggest that collectively, they almost uh, present a measure of personal integrity for any journalist who is aware of them. Uh, so if a journalist reads those or thinks about all those, you know, everything from, you know, the drugs aren't killing people, they're not getting up and stabbing people to death, it's the use of drugs. Uh, report the details, you know, what was the drug. Uh, report the relative harms of these drugs, including alcohol, so that you, you can gain contextual information, truth, reality, not a distortion of reality. Um, tag line to the people who are desperately in need of information, like a PSA. Yeah. Uh, don't just take police figures or information as though it's automatically correct, because it isn't. Um, have a bit of a, uh, personal integrity and, and, and conscience about uh, how you're spinning your stories with, with deliriums and, and so forth. Uh, report the impact rate if you're, if you're actually doing drug policy. Report the, the truthful impact data. Uh, you know, the, the, the imprisonment, the overdose, what's causing it, uh, who drug dealers actually are, as opposed to this fallacy of their old Dr. Evil. The boogeyman, yeah. Uh, and, and, and just stop perpetuating the talking points that are, are pushed by by individual politicians who see it as a, as, as a vote catcher to actually uh, promote draconian, even worse, and draconian uh, drug laws. Yeah. Uh, and all that boils down to is tr- 
report drugs like you would report the action in a baseball game or a football exactly. game. Exactly. Just objectively, you know, just report Objectively, like fact the, check. the weather. Like the weather. Just make it the weather. Yeah, yeah. Just Pull out the facts. Whatever it is, just, yeah. Add whatever information you can which relates to it, which is has got a factual basis, uh, and just stop rolling along. Because what you're doing as journalists by doing this is killing people. You know, you yeah. can't say, I'm just reporting it. No, you're not just reporting it. You're not reporting truth. Yeah. You are. You have got blood on your hands, you guys out there, if you're watching this video. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything we've just covered over the last 20 minutes, um, if you're not thinking about these and you're not actually uh, practicing some of these these codes uh, in, your, in your drug reporting, you're guilty. Yeah. You are responsible for, for a lot of the pain, misery and death. Because you're not you're not fighting back against the causes of it, which are which are which are ignorance, uh, drug laws, which are creating misery and pain and knocking people up ridiculously and driving everything underground, uh, keeping people ignorant, totally unaware of of, of, uh, of what the proper doses are, what the onset times are, what the what the relative harms are. You, you're not reporting any of this because you're too busy uh, pushing propaganda. For a, for a for a sort of uh, from a perspective which is proven to be completely demented uh, for any sane person, stop doing it. Yeah, you know, stop it. Wash the blood off your hands and start reporting properly, please. Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's, you're you're guilty here as much as the politicians if you're not doing that. Yeah, it's there's yeah, and and they're probably you know they're pressured not to report anything outside the status quo. Like, hey, do you want to keep your job? Because a lot of these guys, it's not that they're, you know, they're manipulative, I'm going to peddle propaganda. A lot of them are just boring motherfuckers like you and me who've got a kid, a wife, they got to pay their mortgage. And they're like, hey, if I write this story and I generate this number of clicks, I get my paycheck. I don't want to rock the cradle. And it's maybe it is propaganda, maybe it's not. But my wife's pregnant and I need to pay for daycare. Like a lot of these guys, it kind of sucks because it's just like they're not necessarily for or against it. They're just. They're just, they don't getting, their page, they're just mean, getting their paycheck. They're just getting their paycheck. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, I said we, we started with the Nuremberg trials. I mean, I work in this gas chamber. Yeah, you you I'm are. I'm just yeah. Kids, I'm know. just working the gas chamber. I'm just driving the train. You're right. There's a there's a mob mentality. I mean, and whether it's drugs, it's a group thing, and it, it is. And it's it, it's it's you know. Well, it's the same thing with. They may go home and they may go to the wife and kids, but you know the day's work has been filthy business. Yes. Yes, and and no, they don't have to do it. You know, I, I wouldn't write this shit. Yeah, no, you're right. No, yeah. I wouldn't write. For, I could, you know, lots of stuff I wouldn't write. I certainly wouldn't be writing material which I knew was was killing people indirectly. Yeah, no, you're absolutely which was perpetuating right. ignorance. You're which was which was promoting lies and filth that was 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 getting people locked up and and destroying families and and I couldn't do that. And, and, you know, if you're doing that as a journalist, you need to be having a damn good look at yourself. You're at, you mean, you're absolutely right. The, the same thing. Hey, the same thing happens with cancel culture. You have people that won't speak their mind, whether it's about drugs or whether it's about whatever, because they're so afraid that the mob is going to come and fuck you. You're out of a job. And again, the same thing. It's these poor saps who are like, dude, I've got a kid, a wife. I got to pay off my new car and it's all right. I won't. So it's whether it's. Not typing or sub putting it in. Where, do, where, do, where does it start? What if what if your boss said, you're at, you know you're what, right. I don't like um, 
what if give me a right wing paper in New York? I don't know what they are, a Republican paper. And what if your boss said, go? I'd, I really don't like the New York Times; it's been too successful. Go and go and go and poison uh, the editor of the New York yeah. Times. Yeah. What would you do? Would you say no? Yeah, I'll do that. I do. I've got my wife and kids. Yeah, and yeah. I've got my car and my mortgage. Uh, hopefully, you'd say no. Well, you know why? Why is it okay? to indirectly kill people uh, with this type of reporting that, that the vast majority of you guys, you, you, the journalist, uh, why is it okay to indirectly kill people and not challenge your boss? You're and right. not say, you know what, I can't write this, Mr. Editor, because it's just it's just propaganda. It's lies and it's killing people. Well, Take the code of practice and slap it on the editor's desk. Yeah. And say, I've been reading this, boss. Yeah. And you know what? He's absolutely right. You know, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Have you done that? I don't think you have, actually. Yeah. Well, maybe it, you should do that. Yeah. Uh, and explain to the editor that you, you've had enough, talk to your colleagues, but don't do nothing. Don't go back into work tomorrow morning and produce the same old shit that's going to, you know, keep people in the dark who need the information, who need the truth. That's going to maintain the status quo of a war on drugs, which is, which is a disaster and causes untold human misery right across the world yeah you know, don't carry on perpetuating that because the blood is on your hands if you do you're right i mean we've seen a couple times in recent history when people do stand up for what they believe in ed snowden and uh chelsea manning and what happens you end up in a military prison or ostracized from your country no, that, yeah but that's know, an extreme example i'm going to end up in that position you know yeah. and and, and Given the implications, you know, do you want do you want to live with yourself? I, I couldn't do this. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't be a journalist for a, a yeah. newspaper that was, you know, I couldn't write the stuff, write anything that I knew was was uh, was actually killing loads and loads of people indirectly. So, so you know, you've got to look at yourself and decently at, at some point decide who you want to be, what person you are, uh, and and define yourself. Yeah. Um, and uh, I suggest the time to do that is is now. It is. It's. I mean, I think that's the benefit of of where we are with technology, though. I mean, just an example, like Joe Rogan podcast. Like he doesn't have to worry about some boss saying, "Don't push that story." I think a lot of we're going to see a change in people creating their own things, even like this little tiny podcast. I'm allowed mm-hmm. to say whatever I want. I can have on. I can have on military veterans and we can talk about war stories. And then the next day I can have on Dominic Milton Trot and we can talk about psychedelics. Like I think, <laughs> I think a lot of it is you got to take control of your own platform because yeah, when you yeah, don't have a boss to yeah, but respond they, to, in turn, they control you. Well, yeah, you get, yeah. Well, and that's, well, that's the danger of cancel culture. Well, it's not yeah. the algorithm, but also cancel culture. That's the problem. You know, luckily there are people like Rogan that when they try to cancel him, he's like, fuck off. But there are a lot of smaller channels that, like, you can get bullied into, you know, you're going to get canceled. I mean, that's why I'm here, because, you know, you're small, but, you know, I've got a chance to tell the truth. Exactly, exactly. We can can spit the truth. You don't censor anything, so. I don't censor anything. And if, if, you know, if half a dozen people see that's half a dozen people who maybe haven't thought about these issues before. Well, that's. If a journalist, you know, sees this. You know, might give him things to think about that has never crossed his mind in the past. I mean, maybe he's got a point here. Yeah, that's so, why. Yeah, I, it's, that, it's, 
That's why I try to have on as, as many different types of people as possible, because if you only have on one type of person, and there's nothing wrong with it, there, there are military podcasts, there are gun podcasts, there are weed podcasts, like, but when you limit yourself to one subject, you're ultimately going to only get that own crowd and it's going to be an echo chamber and no one's going to step outside their beliefs. Yeah, 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 That's why yeah. I try to have on people that, that, that challenge my beliefs. I try to have on everyone. I have on weightlifters. I have on comedians. I have on Dominic Milton Trot. Tomorrow I'm having on my buddy that used to drive a drone for the Air Force. On Sunday or Saturday, I'm having on some Delta Force guys. It's So by having on everyone, I hope that the audiences overlap. And at the very least, you are exposed to point of views that even if you don't agree with, and even if it doesn't change your mind, at least at least you're kind of just seeing different angles like okay yeah i get it so who knows we'll see in time if this podcast grows and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to see we'll see if it works different, i know it's been a different one to normal but no that's what i like about it, it. I, I did i did and i did it on purpose <laughs> i did it on purpose i wanted to switch it up i but that's that's why i like this is is I want it to always be different. I don't want someone yeah, to tune in to hear what they want to hear. To the other, to yeah. the others we've done. But, but that's good. I'm that's good. It. Switch it up. Switch it up. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. You've got me worked up a few times. Yeah, hey, man. But that's good. Things, thinking, well, you know, it's good. Good to get passionate. There's nothing wrong with getting passionate and getting emotional. You know, keep your head. Be, be mature. Be tolerant. Be civil. But... Get your heart rate going. Get jacked up. That's what life is about, man. You got to talk about what you're passionate about. I'm just saying when you weren't here that yeah. it's it's the hottest day of the year here today. Yeah. So that's why I'm bright red. <laughs> I'm, I'm <hot>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I got you all worked you're, up you're under trigger, the car. You're triggering me. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got my air. It's hot here, but I've got my air conditioner on. I've got the uh, fan on. So I'm. Well, I'm, we don't need it. We don't need air conditioning. Yeah. No. Well, that's that's why I always keep it air conditioned in this room for the podcast, so that I can stay calm, cool, and collected. Because otherwise, <laughs> I would be beat red, ah, just screaming, beating oh, on the table. But it's good. It's good. I'd rather. It's. I think it was Hunter S. Thompson that said, "If it gets your blood going, then if it, if it gets your blood going, it's good for you. It might kill you, but it's good for you." So whether it's drugs or whether it's music or whether it's sex, if it gets you riled up and it gets you, well, then it's probably well, good for that. you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and have a cold shower now to cry. And try good, and good, cool good. <laughs> well, hey, next, next one, next, I, I, I will take the blame and I apologize. I don't apologize. Next, no next episode, we'll, hey, we'll, we'll go back to. We'll b- go back to calm, cool, and collected. But it's yeah, good. Go, it, back, it, go back to Dominic Mills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Hey, man, I like it. I like it. It's a. Uh, you got to get it's out of your cool. comfort zone. It has. It has. Um, it's been an hour and a half, so we'll wrap this one up. Um, I'm okay. I'm gonna be on vacation for like the next two weeks, but um, let's definitely let's let's get back to doing them regularly because you're a guest that I thoroughly enjoy having okay. on. And uh, we'll, we'll get together. And it's it, definitely. I'm hoping to get out of the country as well. Like, yeah, in a few weeks. I think everyone is. I think everyone. I think okay. everyone's itching Thanks to get out. Dominic Milton Trot, author of the Drug Users Bible, my friend, and my new my new uh, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. My partner in arguing. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for having me. Godspeed, brother. Stay safe. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.